welcome back everybody to another episode of Dungeon Master's Apprentice. I'm your host Theo Giesen and today we're back with uh, John. The most beloved. The most beloved guest of all time. Yeah, how's it going everyone? How's it going to you? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, glad to hear. Uh, it's been a while since we've had you on, but it's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And whenever we have you on, we kind of, you know, get in the workshop a little bit. We talk about um, some homebrew, some new stuff, trying stuff out, play testing. So that's kind of what we're going to do mostly today. Uh, we're ramping up for our new campaign. The last one ended maybe a month, month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Dave has taken on the helm of the DM for for the last couple of weeks, and it's been awesome to be able to get to play again. Um, it's been it's been going pretty well. Uh, we're level eleven now, so things are getting pretty not complicated, but there's a lot of moving parts to our characters, which I uh, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting to get some cool weapons and some cool features. Uh, like my character has like one, two, three different reactions that I can do. And one of them I can use four times per long rest. So then you got your action surge, you got your second winds. I got some cleric stuff. So it's been a really fun character to just be a real Swiss army knife with. Mm-hmm. And you're playing a barbarian in that one? Yes. Pretty basic. Yeah. I mean, once you get pretty high up in Barbarian, you're able to just soak and deal so much damage. Mm-hmm, true. Uh, but yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Days of doing a real bang-up job DMing. Kudos to, kudos to him for taking that off of my plate for a while. But it's getting about time where I'm itching to get back into the DM chair again. Yes. Um... While we're talking about rotating uh, who's in the DM chair, do you have any updates on us about your RPG that you've been um, that you've been working on? I'm still waiting for the book for the the one that I want to create, mm-hmm. but I have ideas to do just a regular one with the D and D five E like rules and everything. Uh-huh. I'm, like if we want to start, like if Dave wants to like stop DMing, or if we reach a point that he's not gonna, like he cannot advance on the story, and you're still like starting to write the the new campaign, I can just right. mix up some things, and I have an idea to to use the the world of my last campaign, you know, the one that you guys were playing, mm. but with new characters. Yeah, I think that would be great. We did maybe two sessions of that, and it was a really great intro, but I think there would be so much stuff that we've all forgotten that it might be best to just start fresh. <laughs> and making a character is always really, really fun. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's always true. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking, I was talking to Nathan, and, uh, you know, John Delar my character who's mostly a fighter has been really fun, but I think that for my next character, I'm going to try to do a full caster. Yeah. Like I, for your campaign, the, the newest area one, I wanted to do 
a fighter to be a mm-hmm. gunslinger. But you know, right? Like I really want to do gunslinger, but we can just flavor it out to I can do, I can be a bard that my like if my instrument is a gun, you know, right. and I shoot rhythm, you know. <laughs> I can just make stuff up, you know, just yeah. creativity. For sure, yeah. Just because you want to play someone with a gun doesn't mean you have to play the gunslinger class. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that your new character is going to be a warlock. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So this time around, um, we were all sort of just chatting. Nathan and I kind of did this first, where we thought it would be really fun to make our own subclasses. You know, we've talked on the show about what that would be like, and. I had never really fully created one. And, you know, the only thing standing in my way was actually doing it. So one afternoon I just started writing some stuff out while I was on a car ride and came up with a few abilities with Nathan as well. And um, we landed on, he's going to be playing a a barbarian, uh, but it's going to be flavored as like a, a barbarian who used to be a monk, but because he was never able to control his rage and control his emotions, they, kicked him out of the monastery so instead of going sort of the way of the monk where you're supposed to suppress those emotions and be calm cool and collected uh his character is going to unleash all those emotions and that pent-up rage um which is just going to be a fun uh, spin on on the barbarian and on the monk as well but yours is a warlock um, I found that one a little bit more difficult to create because you get your warlock subclass, I think, like right at level one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a level one, yeah. and just good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go through that today, and um, people can let us know if you think it's balanced or unbalanced or, um, or what have you. But uh, the title that we landed on is the Pact of the Evolutionary Symbiosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we go into the subclass, why don't you tell us about your character? Okay. For the old people, the OGs from the podcast, we've talked a lot about the Westeria campaign. Mm-hmm. And there was a specific character that marked, like, like I really wanted to be similar to him. And I already did another character, like, pretty innocent and everything. But I wanted to make a character that is not the most intelligent one. Right. Know? Just for the, the fun. Uh, not so dumb. Not necessarily yeah, not, dumb, but just naive. Yeah, yeah naive. Uh, my character is based on Cranky, the, mm-hmm. the punk. We, we were going to make... I was going to make a character like from Cranky's uh, village um, uh, orangutan that was like pretty old. He was going to be a gunslinger and it was like, it's going to be like super naive guy. Just, you know, thinks everything is just fun and not dangerous. But mm-hmm. then I discovered a beautiful, beautiful uh, race that yes. you a goblin, uh, a goblin shark. They were called like Gork, mm-hmm. 
And he didn't like it because he thought it was literally, literally a goblin with a head of a shark. I and thought it was he, a little silly. Yeah, uh, it wasn't going to be like uh, super... It could be deadly if, in a point. And uh, also for my characters, intimidating. Uh, but I explained to him it wasn't like a goblin with a head of shark, but it was... Uh, a species of goblin that has shark traits. And then we searched a little bit more and found a goblin shark, not the goblin shark, but another race of goblin sharks uh, for me to play. And that one has a lot of, a lot more uh, like traits and we can choose the, the type of shark. And then it was, yeah, it's a sharkling. So it's, kind of it's gonna be cool to play it and mm -hmm. we uh, we wrote uh, like a big backstory for the character and everything uh but him being a warlock was less planned because i wanted him to be a gunslinger he wanted to shoot things with a gun but with the the uh the path of the evolutionary symbiosis uh we're thinking about the a creature uh, possesses the gun and is always talking to him just like Venom. Yeah. Um, so why don't you give a quick backstory on your character and then we'll get to the gun and the warlock aspect of that character. Yeah, um, probably won't read everything, but I'll just make a little... So... The name of the character is Cocky. You guys were know it by the end of the story so basically cocky was a sharkling uh, that had survived a uh, explosion from one of the previous groups the, the previous characters from the other campaign of Australia uh, exploded a volcano island and mostly everyone from the the village died. Like just a couple of sharklings uh, were left, and they, from the that explosion and the the villages being all destroyed, all, most of the sharklings just went out into the ocean. So if they had cross paths, like a male and a female, they were going to mate and have a, have children, and one of the parents were going to create or none of them or just one of them so cocky was just one of those uh that were like born from two different sharklands that never crossed paths again but his dad was the one to, who raised him and he learned everything from his dad everything and by the age of 15 his dad got like just left him mm -hmm. so he had to survive many many like like five whole years without his dad and then when he got to 20 years old he got catch by a fishnet and since he was super naive and didn't know like what humans were supposed to be he just lived in the ocean most of his life he was enslaved by the humans to the guys were from the ship, but he didn't know that they were evil. So 
everything they asked he would do. And then one day he helped the captain of the ship uh, the, because they were being attacked. And the captain saw that his gun slipped out of his hand and went to Cocky's feet. And then he wanted Cocky to grab the gun and shoot people. And he said, grab it and cock it. And then Cocky said, cookie, cookie. And then everyone started calling him Cocky after that one. So yeah, that's pretty much it. There's some deep names on like the captains and people from the, mm. the ship, but for now it's not too important. Mm -hmm. yeah the uh sort of basis for this new campaign is that uh before the high school campaign you can hear us talk about it at length in episodes like one through 15 or like 17 maybe mm -hmm. um was a homebrew world that nathan and dave played in and there's uh certain aspects of it that take place like out on the ocean there's lots of pirates and pirate ships and stuff like that uh, but at the end of the campaign, they lost uh, against the big bad. And so we thought it would be fun to revisit, visit, revisit this world and see if some new characters can fix what the old ones uh, broke. Uh, so that's been, I've only in the early stages of planning that one out. I, I just wrote the opening sort of lore dump today. Um, and maybe I can, I can read it out on the show and give people an idea of what's going on. But um yeah, uh, back. so your character, John, is going to be part of an alliance of rebels who have been tasked to uh, rise up against this uh, several evil forces who have overtaken this planet. And um, so baked into your character, there will have to be at least some sort of reason why you would want to join this alliance. I think we sort of came up with something like that, didn't we? Yeah, I, let me see. It was Nebrio that destroyed the... Yeah. Technically, the old characters uh, destroyed that island in attempts to kill Nebrio, this uh, warlock. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, in from what Cocky knows, he just knows that Nebrio was involved in blowing mm -hmm. up like his the plant uh the, the island, island in which he like all of these uh sharklings would live underneath this island sort of like a coral reef and then when it blew up they were just scattered and had to go out through the deep ocean where there's like krakens and real sharks and these giant squids so life became a whole lot harder since that explosion Mm -hmm. And your character probably blames Nebrio. He doesn't know a whole lot about what's going on outside of that, but that's just a name that he attaches to sort of the downfall of his society. Mm -hmm. And I think it will be interesting one day when he learns that, in fact, Nebrio did not uh, explode the island, but it was the old characters. Um, granted, they sort of had to do it, otherwise some terrible things would have happened, but I think that'll be a conflict that Cocky will have to grapple with at some point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you are playing a warlock, uh, Pact of the Evolutionary Symbiosis. So mm -hmm. why don't we just go through all of these features here 
um, we, we worked on them together. I think you came up with a couple. I came up with a couple. Yep. And, and uh, we'll just get a sense of what this, uh, what this new subclass looks like. Uh, if anyone wants to use it, they're free to do so. Or if they want to, we, um, we were going to have Nathan on and we we're going to potentially play test both of these subclasses. I was maybe just going to throw, not like a dragon, but some sort of maybe like a mammoth or something pretty basic. And you guys could just test out all your abilities. Uh Um, But before, before the abilities and stuff, there's sort of a background on where uh, the subclass comes from as is pretty typical with subclasses. And so you, you wrote like the origin of it. And then I sort of uh, added some details to tie it into this world here. Um, Uh But essentially the pact of the evolutionary symbiosis is that there is a tale of a powerful warlock who worshipped the Dark Lord Nebrio, who attempted to achieve godhood himself, but instead created a separate being of total and complete chaos. Many years of experimentation preceded this creation, wherein the warlock tinkered with every known and unknown substance, but to no avail. One fateful day, the warlock scientist accidentally sliced himself with a scalpel that had traces of change in blood. And the chain reaction that occurred within his body both simultaneously killed the warlock and created a new life form. From his corpse rose a thick black ooze that is capable of inhabiting inanimate objects and giving them life. Many say that the newborn creature was soon destroyed by a guild of Arcadian mages, while others say that the story was meant to ease the concerns of the public and that creature, the creature still lives on, inhabiting the most powerful of weapons, hoping that one day they will bond with its host creating an unstoppable killing symbiotic relationship and becoming the most fearsome duo in the realms. So the inspiration is sort of the venom symbiote, but you know, a little bit different. I get like, you know, the, the venom thing does sort of speak to its host and influence them to do bad things, but it's ultimately, ultimately up to the host to sort of um, ignore or, listen to these uh, temptations mm-hmm. so we'll go through the features now there's four features per subclass that you get the warlock one starts at level one uh, so this one says uh, this one is called initial bond starting at first level you create an impression on your otherworldly weapon and it on you you become proficient with the weapon that the creature has inhabited and you can use charisma as your modifier for this weapon so in attempts to disarm you of this weapon, you can use a reaction to make an additional attack. On a hit, the enemy is unable to disarm you. On a miss, the enemy may attempt an opposed strength check to successfully disarm you. I may have to check that. It might be athletics, but it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, when you use this weapon as part of an intimidation check, you can roll with advantage. So that's just like a first level ability. It's not supposed to be super overpowered or anything, but mm-hmm. I know I know John really likes his intimidation checks, so I threw him yeah. that one. Um, and then as you love as you level up, you'll get some more uh, warlock stuff. Um, and then at sixth level, there's an ability called Venomous Charge. Uh, so starting at sixth level, the symbiotic being within your weapon develops a strong desire to protect its owner and becomes a plus one weapon. As a bonus action on your turn before you make the attack action, you can unleash the weapon's venomous ooze to fuel your attack with necrotic energy. On a hit, the target must make a constitution saving throw against your spell DC. 
On a failure, you deal an extra 1d12 necrotic damage with your first attack, and the target becomes poisoned for one minute. The target can use its action on its turn to reattempt the save, ending the effect on a success. You regain this ability after a short or a long rest. When you reach level 10, the damage increases to 2d12, and at level 14, it increases to 3d12. Uh, so it's like a once per short rest ability, but the poison condition is pretty strong. I'm pretty sure they uh -huh. have disadvantage on their attacks. Attacks might have advantage on them as well. Yes. I always keep the I always keep the conditions page open. Poison really handy. Poison creature. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the poison creature has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. So. So yeah, if you can poison like a dragon or something, that's pretty huge. Yeah, um, because of the breath weapon. Right, and then one d twelve of damage could just be like it could be one extra damage. But I think yeah. this thing is more about um, more about the poison condition itself. Um, mm -hmm. But then, in addition to this ability, you have advantage on saving throws against being poisoned. So neither of those is really exceptional. It is a six level ability, so it gives you a little bit to work with. Does take up your bonus action, um, but you know we're gonna maybe play test this a little bit, see how useful it is. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can use it a number of times of your proficiency or your like charisma modifier if you wanted to do it a couple times per battle. But then it would just you know not reset after a short rest or something, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but now we'll move on to the tenth level ability called symbiotic blood bond. At 10th level, you and the creature inhabiting your weapon are starting to share DNA, altering your physical form. Your eyes and veins are completely black, your skin is translucent, and your muscles are strengthened by the necrotic ooze. When the symbiotic entity feels threatened, your mind becomes alert to danger. You are unable to be surprised, you gain plus 5 to initiative rolls, and your strength and dexterity scores can max out to 22. Your weapon is now a plus 2 weapon and cannot be taken from you by any means. In addition, you gain 30 feet of blind sight. So that one is definitely really good. I guess mm -hmm. one thing to say about the level six one is that your weapon goes to a plus one automatically. True. Mm -hmm. sure. um, and then here you go up to a plus two. Um, the weapon cannot be taken from you at all. Um, and, um, you know, since your modifier to hit is charisma, um, maxing out your strength or dex 22 isn't necessarily like overpowered, but it does give you that option of like increasing your dexterity or, you know, what have you. Um, and you basically get the alert feat. You can't be surprised and you gain plus five to initiative rolls. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think this one is pretty solid. I think, you know, there's a lot of little things that really fill out the character. Plus, you have that aesthetic of, like, really becoming bonded to this ooze. You got the black uh, irises. You have um, black veins, which I think will be really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then finally, at level 14, is an ability called Complete Mutualism. So at level 14, you and the creature inhabiting your weapon have become one being. The weapon becomes a plus three weapon and its damage bypasses all resistances and immunities. Your charisma score automatically becomes 22 with a cap of 24. 
Additionally, you gain all the knowledge of the symbiote, allowing you to speak, understand, and read any language. You're also immune to necrotic and poison damage. This one may seem pretty overpowered on its face. Mm. Um, I don't, you know, that's like the big thing that you're pushing for, for this whole subclass though. So I don't think it's going to break the character. I think it'll just make you really good. Yeah. Being able to cap out your charisma at 24 gives you a plus seven modifier which could definitely come back to bite me, but you know, there's really no way to go above 20 um, other than a couple items and stuff like that. And if you roll really well on your, your dice to roll your stats, you can start out with a plus five and something. And it's not really that fun to just sit at that plus five forever and, you know, just fill out the rest of your stats. Um, <laughs> I think this will, you know, with the 22, you can get in strength and dexterity and a 24 in charisma. Um, I think there's a lot of different options and different kinds of builds that you can do with this class. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't limited to like a pistol or anything. Uh, you can do this with like a sword. You could do it with like a sickle. And I th- this weapon can be upgraded in other means as well. Like... Um, mm-hmm if you had like a regular sword and you wanted to add some reach to it or something, or sometimes I like to give people gems that they can plant in their weapons. And that does like a D six of fire damage. There's other options that you can do with this weapon. It's not, you know, just going to be pretty baseline, but that's pretty, uh, that's pretty much what the subclass looks like at this point. Uh, John, do you have any thoughts? Maybe something that might seem overpowered to you now that you're hearing it out loud. Um. Doesn't seem like too overpowered because, like, as you said, it depends on like which weapon you're using and how are you gonna uh, build the the class. Mm-hmm. But if someone really wanted to make it super broken, they could. Right. But I, th- I think that um, if you combined this class with like. Let's say you make a level 20 build and you go 14 warlock levels and six paladin levels. You could be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you would could be... really take advantage of uh, some stuff. Yeah. Um, if you had like this symbiote in a sword, you could start like smiting and doing your D12s and have yeah. like 24 charisma, which is the modifier for your paladin spells. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> and le- level 6 Paladin... Oh, no, you don't get... Uh, I don't think you get third level spells uh, Paladin at level... Um, at level 6. We did just get a notification that this meeting will end in 10 minutes, um, which kind of sucks. Usually when we just do a one, uh, one-on-one call, we don't really get kicked out at the 40-minute mark, but I guess Zoom doesn't like us today. Yeah. So we've got nine minutes, 38 seconds before we go to a break. We'll start a new Zoom call and then we'll continue on because, you know, we're not, we're only 20 minutes in or 30 minutes in. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the subclass we've created. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun. 
and that level 14 ability won't come to bite me in the ass for quite some time. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but um, yeah, we'll do a couple play tests. If you want to make like a level 14 warlock sometime and just try it out, we could do a couple combats, maybe even record that as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited. Uh, Nathan's subclass. We'll talk about the Nathan's the next time he's on. Um, that one is also really cool and um, yeah I I think that possibly we're going to do some other subclasses for Brett and for Dave uh, unless they already have one that they think is really cool then by all means they can play whatever they want but I had a really fun time making these subclasses and with you know each person in mind and tailoring them to the player uh like as i came up with ability i sent it to you and then you gave me the approval or like maybe we should do this or something uh nathan had a big hand in his um character creation for sure he pitched a lot of the abilities uh and he came up with some really good ones um so yeah we'll we'll get to that one next time we have nathan on he was supposed to be on, but he just got a little busy. He had to help his dad out. And I think he's doing like some summer courses and working and like moving between a couple of places. So uh, it's kind of hard to pin him down. Yep. Oh, well. Um, sweet. Uh, we've talked about your character, we've talked about your subclass. Uh, why don't I read the intro that I wrote today and then that'll probably take us pretty close to um, the 40 minute mark. We'll come back, we'll do a fiction fixation and then um, yeah, sort of just talk about what's going on in our lives and um, mm-hmm. and then we'll wrap it up after that. Yeah, sounds good. So the first paragraph, paragraph and a half of this intro is taken directly from the first campaign, which I thought was a pretty cool um, little Easter egg. Uh, And, you know, I did the same thing with the, with the high school campaign was that uh, the first sentence of the campaign was also the last sentence of the campaign. I sort of like to do little tie-ins like that. Mm -hmm. So we'll start her off uh, with area campaign two. Somewhere deep off into space lies the planet Mythicos a large planet home to fantastical creatures and monsters. There, everything is balanced. For every good force, there's an evil one rising up to oppose them. And after every storm is a magnificent rainbow. Mythicos is every adventurer's dream. But that is not where this adventure takes place. That would be too convenient. No, we find ourselves on a dwarf planet, no pun intended, that orbits in Mythicos's shadow. Often a dark and lonely world is West area, one home to the outcasts and rejects of Mythicos. There was once a point in history, approximately 40 years ago, when it began to look like Westeria was on the cusp of a breakthrough. Two twin elven brothers, Tyrion and Thurmond, alongside their trusty friends, Gwen, Bernard, and Cranky, who uh, John's one of the basis character on, uh, fought off various nefarious forces, including an undead yet highly intelligent monster created accidentally by Helene the Witch, the warlock lord, Nibrio, and his mother, the evil daughter of all creation. For months, this band of heroes traversed the continent, helping the good souls of Westeria 
and banishing the evil ones to the afterlife. All along, they believed they were being aided by the benevolent goddess Mathena, but were tricked as Mathena, in actuality, had been dead for thousands of years. Vera had taken on the role of her sister, gaining the party's trust and allowing her to learn all their secrets. In the end, the party challenged Vera on her home planet of Viridia and lost in dramatic fashion. There were no survivors. After her victory, Vera and her son Nibrio were free to rule Westeria, where they unleashed hundreds and thousands of undead monstrosities upon the budding civilizations. The capital city of Solaris was sacked and is now run amok with criminals and chaotic demons. The small town of Lithingown, home to the orcish slash snow elven resistance, was quickly targeted and wiped out. And the planet's advanced school of magic, Arcadia, was burned to the ground, destroying all magical progress made. Most of Westeria's civilians were either captured or killed, while the rest surrendered and are now enslaved by Nibrio's army. It seems that there's no hope for the planet now. Although there's a small alliance scattered throughout the lands led by the bardic hero Azos, they mostly remain hidden in the dark forests and in underground caverns. On top of that, the alliance has a hard time recruiting new members to their, ca their cause. Most of the population despised any and all known affiliates with Tyrion and Thurmond, as they had ultimately let the entire planet down. Instead of being remembered as heroes, they are remembered as those responsible for releasing Nibrio and aggravating Vera. Tyrion is remembered as an incompetent sorcerer who was hard countered by Vera in their final battle. Thurman remembered as the monk who, despite his strength and dexterity, could never overcome his enemies. Gwen as the selfish cleric who once turned evil herself. Bernard as the weak wizard who was always held back by his cowardice. And Cranky, the ape that shouldn't have been there in the first place. These so-called heroes are seldomly discussed by survivors, but Queen Vera is sure to spread propaganda to prevent people from ever thinking they were anything but failures. However, there are a few who know the truth, that the party laid down their lives for the people of Westeria and died for what they believe in. A new generation is beginning, one that can hopefully right the wrongs of the past. Will they triumph over Vera's evil army or will they join the long list of failed heroes of Westeria? The fate of the planet is in your hands, adventurers. It is up to you to rewrite history and bring balance back to Westeria. And that is where we will, you know, begin to introduce the characters, introduce where you're going to be starting. But that just gives a lay of the land um, and a little bit of lore. Mm -hmm. Which I'm really, I had a lot of fun writing that. Um, this time around, I'm going to try to handwrite everything in notebook again, which is what I did for the first campaign. Then the high school campaign I typed out, which definitely has its benefits, but I thought that it would be fun, you know, albeit maybe a little bit inconvenient to go back and handwrite all the notes. Yeah. So super excited for that, super excited for the campaign. And all the subclasses. Uh, what are your thoughts, John? I'm just really excited. Really excited to come back to that world. Mm -hmm. But now to be one of the, the heroes, you know? Not just uh -huh. one, someone to help them. Yeah, you did have a little uh, character who was involved in a side quest. Um, and I would say that your character that you played is still actually alive in this timeline. Mm -hmm. He hasn't uh, died yet. So yeah, uh, he's just going to be older. 
possibly one day will be able to meet that character um whether you just play like an npc or whether you know cocky meets an unfortunate end and we sort of have to reintroduce your old character but i think we'll be seeing a little bit of aragon uh before the campaign is over uh we're at less than a minute now in our zoom call why don't we stop it there we'll be back on the other side of an ad break and we'll continue on with the show john i'll I'll send you a new zoom link and we'll we'll uh pick right up where we left off okay thank you to newsly for sponsoring this week's episode of dungeon masters apprentice Newsly is an audio app that you can get for your iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment, and it will read you to them in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Go ahead and browse articles from topics you choose, perhaps the latest D&D news, or, um, you know, if if there's a new expansion pack coming out, Mm -hmm. maybe... uh, some new subclasses. Yeah. If you listen to the last episode, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, start enjoying. So stop scrolling and start listening. In addition, they have podcasts from over 40 countries, including our very own Dungeon Master's Apprentice. So download and use Newsly for free now, www.newsly.me, or uh, from the link that I'll put in the description, and use our new promo code MASTER2021. It's a pretty dope code. Better than the last one. Hey, whoa. <laughs> the last one was confusing. It's like dungeon, but the O is a zero, so make sure you get that. No, this one's just straight master 2021, and you'll get a one-month free premium subscription. How's that sound? It sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does sound pretty good. Thanks, Newsly. And we're back from the other side of that ad slash new Zoom break. Uh, John, why don't we get right into our weekly, uh, not session, our weekly bit that we do called fantasy or fiction, sorry, fiction fixation. Um, is there any sort of piece of fiction that you've been, well, fixated on for the last week or at least since the last time we've spoke on a podcast? Uh, yes. So, uh, what was it? So strangely, I was uh, watching one of like a schlatt, uh vod from him watching a the high school, no video game high school. Uh huh. And in one of the the episodes that he was watching, he had Freddie Wong on on the. Discord with him, they chat a little little bit, and he, the Freddy, the Devon is like probably a couple of months or a year old, and Freddy told uh, Schlatt that he was doing a D and D podcast mm-hmm. with, a, with a bunch of other people, and the name of the podcast was Dungeon and Dad Dungeons and Daddies. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah. And uh, on one of the recommended podcasts on my Spotify was the Dungeons and Daddies one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." I probably just, like start listening to it, and it got me so hooked on it. It is so hooked on. It. Yeah, it's uh, it is like super 
funny because it is a bunch of people that play D D, you know. It's not like first timers and everything, but right. It's it is uh it's an interesting concept because it's like four dads looking for their kids in yeah. the Forgotten Realms. But the sense of morality that people have and the sense of morality that people have in the Forgotten Realms is totally different. Mm. So it is like super interesting in seeing like what they do to like to kill people or to not kill people or, you know, mm. because there's still people, they have like, oh yeah, I'm not going to kill someone. I'm going to go to jail or I can just, you know, get a right. So it is super fun. And like it got me so hooked, and just just like the first time that I started listening to the not another not another D and D podcast, but this one hooked me so much like more because right because like I've been like watching Freddy Wong for a couple of years, mm-hmm. like so it was super fun to see like him acting as a, a character, and then <laughs> other people just. Acting as dads and super right. interesting. That's awesome. How many episodes are you in? Uh, let me see. I am mm, probably 20 something. Whoa. Yeah, 25. <laughs> that is a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I've, you know, certainly heard of it a lot of people who like nadpod like uh dungeons and daddies um maybe i'll give it a shot i'm a little low on podcasts right now every once in a while i find myself you know having to re-listen to stuff or you know just looking for new content so maybe it's something i'll put on my radar yeah you should and i'll probably go back to the the nadpod because i need to finish it yeah where did you let leave off? At start. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can probably chew on like like some like a some twenty episodes in a few days. So yeah, it's really slow at the start, and then mm-hmm. once you hit like level or not level, once you hit episode like twelve, I think is where it really yeah you know finds the characters and stuff um and then they're sort of doing the same thing we're doing is that their their third campaign is in the same world as their first one. Ooh. Yes. oh i didn't know that yeah like it didn't catch the the last campaign that they're doing yeah the one the campaign two that they did was you know interesting yeah, like I listened to like five uh-huh. episodes of the other more. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I didn't like get to listen to the rest of them because you know got caught on some things. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It wasn't my favorite campaign one. Obviously, is great, and I've been <laughs> really liking the new one. I think they're twelve episodes in or so, and it's been a lot of fun. But um, yeah. <laughs> That's a good fiction fixation. Uh, mine has been uh, this game that I've been playing for the past couple days. Uh, I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It's called um, Pokemon oh, uh, Mystery Dungeon. Have you mm. played that one? No, I haven't. I think it came out in 2005. 
originally and then they remade it for the switch in 2020 and i had no idea and i was scrolling through twitter and i saw someone was like just encountered my first shiny in the in the pokemon mystery dungeon um remake and i was like what there's a okay i know that again yeah so i was like there's a remake and i texted andrew and texted bright i was like did you know there was a remake of this game they're like yeah man (laughs) what have you where have you been living under a rock i was like i just had no idea so i started looking up where it was at eb game or not eb games they call it gamestop now i was looking at different gamestops and I was looking for, like, the new copies. They didn't have a new copy anywhere in, like, Canada. I was like, that's really weird. So I looked up the used copies. They only had one copy in, like, all of London, and it was at White Oaks, which was kind of far. Well, actually, it wasn't very far from where I was at the time. It was, like, a 10-minute drive. So I was like, Sarah, we got to hop in the car. We're going to White Oaks. So we go to White Oaks. We go to um, GameStop, and it's the only used copy there, only copy in general. So I grabbed it, paid for it, and it was like $70 after tax, which is <laughs> sounds like a lot, but it's pretty good for a Switch game, yeah. especially when it came out two years ago. And it's like um, Pokemon, so those really hold their value. Like I could turn around and sell that for probably like $80 on like Facebook Marketplace or something. But I could have, I think I could have gotten the digital copy, but I, I really like to get the physical copies of switch games because those you can trade with people um like i know i've given my version of shield to one of my friends and then i gave him pearl as well and you know there's just so much more value to actually getting the physical copy Mm -hmm. so i picked that up it was a game i had played maybe a year or two after it had originally released um and basically the premise of the game is that you wake up, you are a human and you wake up as a Pokemon and you go through these different dungeons and um, just try to, re- you're just like a rescuer trying to save people from hostile Pokemon and um, I don't know, you're just a hero. But at the beginning of the game, you do a personality quiz and based on your personality quiz, they tell you what Pokemon you're going to play as. Um, do you want to take a guess which one I got? Uh, Cubone. Cubone is a good guess. Um, I'll give you a hint. It is a Gen 1 starter. Oh, you got... Bulbasaur? Ooh, that's not incorrect. I got Squirtle. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's... They said I was a very jolly individual who sometimes uh, gets himself into a little bit of trouble. Uh, but likes likes to have fun, likes to, you know, do pranks, not at other people's expenses, but just be a little bit goofy. Just a kind-hearted, Squirtle's a kind-hearted Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you get to pick who your partner Pokemon is. So I picked Charmander. I thought that would be a good one-two duo. And I named, I named the Charmander Sarah after my sister, who was there when... <laughs> who was <laughs> there... Funny who was there when I took the personality quiz, there was one question. It was like, do people often tell you to watch what you say? And Sarah, Sarah was like, yeah, yeah. I, I can think of a couple examples. I was like, really? 
I feel like usually I'm like pretty conscious of what, you know, I'm saying around other people. She's like, nah, there's a couple times I was like, I don't know if you should have said that to you. Like, all right. So I picked that one and that probably ultimately led to Squirtle, but pretty happy with my choice. Um, I probably have picked Squirtle equal amount of times as Bulbasaur running through that generation one game. Uh, hardly ever picked Charmander, which is surprising, but. It is surprising. I think I've asked this maybe one or two times on the podcast, uh, but have you, have you played the generation one games many times or. I've played it like once or twice. Okay. Because so. I've played it like probably close to like 15 times. Damn. Like every every year or two, I'll just play a run through of the first gen or I'll play a run through of Fire Red or Leaf Green um, or Let's Go Pikachu or something like that. I guess that one you don't really pick a starter in, but mm-hmm. I've played a lot of Generation 1. And so I started asking people like, which starter do you think you picked the most frequently? And mine was probably, I would say it's pretty equal between Squirtle and Bulbasaur, maybe Bulbasaur a bit more because um, the first gym is rock and the second gym is water. And that's, <laughs> I just wanted to coast through the first couple gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons I've played it so much is that the first time I got my hands on a Pokemon game, it was my friend's, Game Boy, not even the Game Boy SP, it was just a regular Game Boy. And uh, we were, those you could put like the Game Boy Color games in. So we just had the Pokemon Blue. And uh, he had like dropped his game in like the toilet or something or like left it outside. And, <laughs> and you couldn't save. Every time you turned the Game Boy off, it would completely reset all the data you had, no matter like how many times you saved. So uh i would just play as far as i could maybe sometimes get the gym three or four in one sitting and then just have to restart at the beginning so that copy i played many many times and just had to yeah. pick a new starter stuff but Go yeah mystery dungeon has been a good little dip into my nostalgia they definitely improved the game they added some new types and stuff like they added the fairy type which is cool um mm-hmm making some decent progress it was one of those games where i got to a certain point in the game and couldn't no matter how hard i tried i couldn't get past it it was like a rayquaza battle or something and um just never could get past it and so now you know i'm going back into the game and hopefully this time i'm gonna 100 percent it hopefully that's the goal Uh, anything else on your mind, John? Actually, I did have a question for you. Mm. Uh, you said you were planning on coming out to Canada sometime yes. in the fall. That's still the plan? Yes, it is still the plan. Awesome. Like, when, I don't know yet, but it is still the plan. Yeah, I'm just, you know, taking a year off to work. As I think I said on the last couple episodes, didn't get into grad school, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to be working for most of the year, living out in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Um, if at any point in time you want to stop in for a weekend or a week or two weeks or whatever you want, uh, mm-hmm. I'll be uh, this summer when I go back. I actually just booked my flight yesterday. 
uh, going back to Nova Scotia on June 8th. So four weeks away, I believe. One, mm-hmm. two, three, three weeks away, actually. Yeah. So, uh, and it's going to, and I think one of those weeks I'm going to be spending up at the cottage. So time is going to fly. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be rooming with Brett this summer. Nice. Nice. He didn't think I was, well, not that he didn't think I was coming back, but I didn't, I didn't know when I was coming back. And he was like, do you mind if I sublet your apartment for the summer? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he was like, and in the event that you come back for the summer, uh, I'm sure it wouldn't be like the end of the world if we just roomed together. And it is a one bedroom apartment, but um, we'll be able to work it out. I've had roommates in there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really <laughs> looking forward to rooming with Brett. He's the man. Um, and then Nathan's moving back into the Valley as well this summer. Oh yeah, true. And I haven't spent a whole lot of time with Nathan for like four years. Every once in a while, he'll come over during like Christmas break or we'll go visit him or, or whatever. But it seems like it'll be the first time in a long time where we can hang out maybe once a week or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So really looking forward to that. I think it's, you know, looking like it's going to be a good summer. It is. What else? I think there is something else that I was going to mention. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, anytime, anytime you're in Canada, feel free to stop by, you know, we would, we would love to have you out there just to hang out. Yeah, it would be fun to hang out with you guys. Yeah. Um, when you come out, uh, hopefully Nathan's still in Nova Scotia. And then we'll get Dave to come down to the Valley. Brett will maybe still be there. We can have a full in-person session with the boys. Yeah. Which, you know, could be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. True. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? Lots, lots to look forward to this summer. It's a lot, a lot. Uh, cool. Anything else on your brain, John? Anything, uh, anything interesting in your life? Uh, nothing much. Just you know, um, finish up the classes from driving school, and mm-hmm. tomorrow is my car test, and then I oh, need wow. to schedule my motorcycle one. Your motorcycle one? Do they do all that yeah. all in one? In one? Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You want a license, and then you can drive hmm. both. Um, is it accurate to say that there's more motorcycles in Brazil than in like Canada? Is it more common well, of a? Mm-hmm. Yes, because okay. like I know you've been to Mexico, and you know that people in like with motorcycles they do like they drive besides cars and everything. Right. So yeah, Brazil is the same thing. So it's pretty much more motorcycles than cars. Yeah, that doesn't make sense then to just group it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had any experience riding motorcycles or? No, I haven't. <laughs> the, the classes, the classes were first time. Oh, okay, but you have um, in your classes ridden one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you? Any good? kind of yeah i know you're a huge bike rider so i feel like yeah so 
Yeah. Yeah. The the balancing thing is pretty okay. It's just yeah. like remembering how to change gear and everything is right. difficult. This car yeah. it is pretty intuitive. You just you know just push the gear the 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 pedal and then you can just switch the gear and then let go of the pedal. Right. The the motorcycle is just like grab the hold the down the yeah yeah go hold down put up let go if you want to go to first gear just put down and it just yeah and then lift up strange. yeah yeah for sure like i remember you were there that one day when i was trying to ride my dad's dirt bike in a parking lot <laughs> i did tip it over once on its side yeah i, I watched that <laughs> <laughs> but it is a heavy bike and i'm sick i'm almost six two and that was a tall bike for me as well mm-hmm. yeah, i don't dad, really like that yeah your dad tried to make me ride it if it was a little bit taller it could be okay but yeah you know, just under my tippy toes yeah even yeah even i was struggling and so not a huge biker that's something i don't mind not learning <laughs> sweet well john it's been a pleasure to have you on it's been my pleasure uh it was too bad that we couldn't have nathan here but maybe that means we'll just have to get another uh, episode in with him yeah I mean, you also can schedule like an episode with everyone to test out the characters, you know, like sure. the subclasses. Yeah. Um, I know I talked about a couple episodes ago that maybe the show isn't, you know, going to be as frequent anymore, but I think we found our rhythm again. The episode with Joe, I don't know if you listened to that one. <laughs> that one was really good. Uh, the one with my sister is also really funny. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to that one. I, oh, I literally forgot oh it's so funny i listened to it yesterday at work when i was building barbecues and was like i was cracking up at our own jokes yeah i have to listen to that one emily's character uh kevin who was a wear platypus (laughs) a wear platypus with a new jersey accent from like new (laughs) i was like you can make whatever character you want she's like i want to be from new jersey i was like uh okay that's like we are in like the forgotten realms but you can be from new jersey and she's like but i have a she's like i have a family background from ukraine (laughs) okay so we're just throwing everything out the window but it's honestly so funny she always talks about how she's from staten island she's like i'm walking here (laughs) you gotta listen to that oh Oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> oh, there's a bit about I think it's like 56 minutes in where Emily just fully lets loose her New Jersey accent, and I truly can't remember the last time I laughed that hard. Like you can hear me just like suppressing laughter, but the mic is picking up everything. I think I even started like snorting laughing one time. It's truly so funny. Mm-hmm. Emily and Emily and Sarah are both uh, incredible individuals. Very funny. Um, it's been awesome to spend the last mm, couple months with them, and you know we don't get to hang out a whole lot, but when we do, it's a grand old time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, on that high note, let's leave it there. Uh, as I said, John, always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, everyone there for out there for listening. 
uh, we'll try to we'll try to hit you every week. Don't know if this will go up tonight. Probably not. I'll probably you know just hang out and then uh, post it at my earliest convenience. Yeah, John. Any any words of wisdom to leave our our audience with? If you like not being creative, play as a human. Oh my god! <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>